Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. This morning, uh, you know, thank God it's a year more, amen? And uh, I have goals every year. I don't know if you do that or not, but some of them carry over to the next year. Some of them have been around for a decade. We'll get it, amen? You know, one of the goals, personal goals, I said, I'll set personal goals and ministry goals. And one of the personal goals I set was to lose 30 pounds this year. And here we are six, what are we, six, about six weeks in, and I've only got 31 more to go. Hallelujah. But we're not giving up. Praise God. Amen. Amen. You know, um, normally I don't, I don't preach, you know, just because it's a holiday coming up. You know, I never have been that way. Uh, I heard a guy do Mother's Day sermon on uh, Mother's Day one Sunday morning in, uh, on the radio, and he sounded like Bullwinkle the Moose, and I thought, well, I'm never going to do that. So he was like, M is for the many things she does. O is for the oftentimes she smiles. I don't remember them all, but anyway, after about H, I was lost. But anyway, so I decided, you know, I'm just going to let the Holy Ghost lead me, you know, and, and if he wants me to preach, you know, like, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up. If he wants me to preach on marriage, I'll preach on marriage. If he wants me to preach on casting your care, we'll do that or something else. We'll preach on that. You know, it's just, it's just better to follow him than it is a holiday. Isn't that right? Because, you know, a lot of times the holidays were, they, they were invented, you know, so that they can sell you something. And that's fine. I'm, I'm not against that. You know, you come up with ideas to sell products. No problem with that. But, uh, but this morning... I actually am led to preach on marriage. Thank you for that roaring excitement. And so I want us to go to our, in our Bibles to Genesis, the second chapter. And uh, if you'll work with me, this will be as, as painless as we can make it. But if you don't, then I'll stick some stuff in here that uh, you wished I hadn't done. Amen. Genesis chapter 2. How many know marriage is a wonderful thing? Really, it is, you know. I mean, it, it can be a wonderful thing. It can, it can be, uh, uh, you know, hell on earth, too. Uh, I'm not talking about my marriage. I'm just saying marriage, if it's wrong, can, me- can mess up, right? Amen. But God's got answers, doesn't He? Amen. You know, I want you to go here, Genesis chapter 2, uh, verse 18. And uh, I don't know if we'll read any more scripture today or not. We'll see. But we're going to read this. Genesis 18, just Genesis chapter 2. Has everybody found that? Yes. Let me help you. Genesis is the first book of the Bible. Yes. All right. Genesis chapter, and, and, and chapter 2 comes after chapter 1. So there we are. Verse 18. And the Lord said, it is not good that man should be alone. I always wondered what, what he did in the garden that day. I mean, have you ever left your husband home for a few days and you come home and say, this is not good. And so it's not good that man should be alone. And I will make him a help. Uh, the King James says meet for him or fit for him or want an aid, someone to help him. Obviously, he needs some help. Men need help. And so out of the ground, God formed, the Lord God formed every beast of the field, every fowl of the air. And brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called every living creature, that, that was the name thereof. And uh, 
Adam gave names to all the cattle and the fowl of the air and every beast of the field. For, but for Adam, there was not found a help that was meet for him, that was right for him. So none of the, none of the animals did it. None of the animals did it. So your dog's not going to do it. Your pickup truck's not going to do it. You need more help. And, and he went on to say, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs. He closed up the flesh instead thereof. Notice, notice he just took one rib. Not, not a rack of ribs. See, it was, it was man that came up with this idea to marry more than one woman, not God. God always, he, he made him just one, right? And that's all he could handle the way it was, just one. And the rib... Verse 22, which the Lord God had taken from the man, he made a woman, and he brought her unto man. And, he, and Adam said, this is now a bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, listen to this now, shall a man leave his father and his mother and uh, shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. A and they were both naked, and the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. I wanted to read that scripture too because that is the beginning of marriage. Right there. So we see from the Bible. Now, to, to some people this will be controversial. I don't think it will be with you. But it just happened to be a revelation. God is the one that invented marriage. Not the government. They don't even have a clue how it works. But God does. He, he knew how it worked. He's, I'm going to make him somebody that's fit for him. And he made him a woman. So a man, who used to sing that song? When a man loves a woman, ain't nothing he can do. Huh? Lou Ross, okay. Well, anyway, well, then why are you telling me if you don't know? Pastor <laughs> Jerry, you give me an answer. I don't know. Here's an answer. I got a granddaughter like that. I can call her if I need some help. Yeah, Phil said, which one? Oh, more than one. Okay. But help me know that God, God invented marriage, right? And He instituted it. He's the one that, you know, created it. And I'll tell you right now, the devil fights it. Because if marriage fails, the society falls. Because God, this is one of the institutions that God set up. Marriage, the family, the church. Amen? And if you take one of those equations out, you lose what God has put in for the safety of mankind. Yeah. Amen? And so we have to, we, we, you know, we got to go to God. You know, you can, you can go to marriage counselors and things like that. And I'm not against that. Listen, as long as they know the Bible, right? That, that's fine. Because some people are experts in certain areas. Amen? And so if they're an expert, they know the Word, then they can help you. But the world doesn't really know, you know. They, they don't have the, if they don't know God, how I many know they don't have the answers for some things, right? Because God, God invented it, amen? And so what I'm going to do, and this is the title of the message this morning, and I'm probably not going to take too, too long to do this, but what I want to do is I want to give you three keys to have a healthy marriage. If you can remember three things, it'll work for you. So I'm just going to give you three things that, that are from the Word of God, of course. And uh, if you get these things, it's really, it's really pretty simple to have a healthy marriage. How do you know? Well, I've had a healthy marriage for a long time. 
she doesn't know how many years it is either. You know, you get you get a little older and you don't you know you don't keep track of that. You know, so how long you been married? Well, I don't know since the beginning. You know, forever, I guess. I don't know. Amen. Amen. Since the beginning of time. Amen. But how many know we've been married for a long, long time, and um, so we've had a great marriage all this time. But there's there's certain principles that you have to operate by if it's going to work for you, you know. And God wants it to work for you. How I many of God just want to throw you together and say, well, survive this? You know, I, I, sometimes I watch on, watch an old movie on TV. It's about all I ever watch is old movies, you know. And because the new ones are just full of filth and curse words and, you know, just bad stuff. And so I, I don't watch them, you know. People can do what they want, but I don't, I don't put stuff in me that I'm trying to keep out of me. Amen. Right? I don't on purpose do that. And so, uh, but, you know, sometimes I'll see, you know, maybe some Western I'm watching and this lady, she's going to marry this guy and she doesn't really, really want to marry him. She says, well, it'll, it'll be okay. It'll, we'll work it out. And I'm thinking, uh, that's not a good way to start this thing. You don't want to go in. It's like, I, I think this will work. Right. You want to go in and knowing God's in this. Right. Yeah. Amen. And so, uh, so, so there's keys that God gives us. And, uh, one of the, 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 the number, and I believe this is the number one key. I really believe this is the number one key to have a good marriage. And number one key is this, is, and I'm talking to both, both parties, seek God with all your heart. Amen. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 6, he said, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. So what, what, what is he saying by that? He's saying, if you seek me first, I will get involved. And I'll add stuff to you. So I've just learned in marriage, if you can get both people just following God with all their heart, that they don't have a whole lot of issues, you know, uh, because God starts adding stuff to them. Amen. Amen. See, when you seek God, He, he, well, actually, really, when you think about it, is this, is that really, as a believer, once you get saved, once you give your life to Jesus Christ, your number one calling is to fellowship with the Lord. The, the Paul told the church of Corinth that. He said, uh, you're called unto, his, unto fellowship of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're, listen, listen to what he said. You're called to this. You're called to do things. You know, some people are called to professions, you know. Amen. You know, like your doctor. He may got, got a doctor, you know. Or, you know, you go see a doctor. Or you hope he's called to do that, right? How many know, if you're laying there on the table and they're about to perform surgery on you, and you hear the doctor say, you know, I don't know if I can do this or not. I read about this on the Internet last night. Man, I don't care what's flapping in the back, what's not tied, what kind of sedative. I'm out of there, man. And don't think you can't leave the hospital. They, once they get you, they want, to, they want to control you. But my grandma got up and left one time when they told her she couldn't leave. She called a cab and left. All right, praise God. So she was ready to go home, and they said, you can't go home. Oh, yeah, I can't watch this. She's called a cab. I'm out of here. Amen. You know, they're trying to help you. We understand that, right? All right, praise God. That was pretty weak, but they're trying to help you. I mean, what, what do you people go to the doctor for? He's like, you know, I go for a checkup every now and then, you know. I think I've gone for three in the last three or four years, you know, get a checkup stuff and all. And uh, my doctor says the same thing every time. I love him. He's a great doctor. But he always has the same answer. 
Drink more water. Drink more water and get cardio exercise. I told Phil, I'm going to tell him, if you'll build me a bathroom to travel with me, I'll drink more water. But if, this, if I'm so dehydrated, how come I have to go to the bathroom so much after I drink your water? And he tried to tell me, well, that's just the way it is. So, but anyway, enough of my personal life. God said this. Listen, the Lord said this to, about Uzziah. He said, as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. As long as he sought the Lord. See, God got involved. And so I'm just telling you, this may sound so simple, you know, because you, you go to these, you get these books and you get, you know, you know, I mean, I've read the books, so Mr. I mean, I've preached on it before, you know, hit five, you know, five needs for him, five needs for her and all that. And I read that stuff and I'm thinking, I can't even remember this, let alone do it. Give me something that cuts through the chase. Here's what cuts through the chase. You seek God first, you're, you're going to be, God's going to be involved. Amen. So put him first. Amen. Listen to this now. See, when Adam, when Adam sinned, his quality of life diminished. Because he broke fellowship with God. So as long as we stay in fellowship with God, having our quality of life goes up. See? We, we have to, you know, we have to, we have to decide we're going we're to fellowship with God. How many know, I'm going to preach on it if the Lord let me sometime on, on good godly habits that we need to develop in our life. Amen. So, and, and so, you know, a lot of times people are working on their spouse when they need to work on their relationship with the Lord. You can't fix your spouse. Isn't that right? See, one thing is we got to understand. See, there's a scripture in Corinthians I won't go to, but 2 Corinthians 8, 5. Paul said about the church of Corinth, he said, you, you first gave yourselves to the Lord and then you gave yourself to us. So when you give yourself, how I many know if you give yourself to the Lord, you're going to have, you're going to take on his nature and his character. You're going to be a pretty easy person to live with. Right? Praise God. I always love preaching on marriage. This is, I'm just jesting. Marriage, family, money, you get a holy hush. But anyway, we need to hear about it. Amen. Because see, here's the thing about it. And, 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 all the, and these principles, I tell you, they work in all relationships. Because relationships are relationships, right? And so if, if, uh, if you get your vertical relationship right with the Lord, how I many know all your horizontal relationships, they work out right? See, I'm good with you because I'm good with the Lord. Now, before I, before, before I met the Lord, I might not be good with you. I lived a rough life. I lived a life of drugs. I lived, a, I lived with a rough people, a rough crowd. And so I might not be right with you. But the reason I'm not right with you because I'm not right with him. But once I got right with him, I started getting right with everybody else. Because it just flows out. What, what you get from him, it kind of flows out. Amen. And so, you got to get that right, amen? Your vertical relationships got to be right with God, and your horizontal relationships, they'll just line up. Amen. I get along with my neighbors because I get along with God. Amen. amen. And so, you know, one, one of the things we have to remember as believers is that we have, we have a supernatural love that not everybody else has. Romans 5, 5 says the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So we should go beyond the world 
and their example. God's our example. We're to be imitators of the Heavenly Father, which means I'm to forgive you because I've been forgiven. Right? You know, that, that helped me when I, when I learned that years ago that I, I, I've been forgiven much. How can I not forgive, you know, the little that's done to me? Amen. Amen. Now, so, so the, 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 the number one key, and this, this, is, this may not be a jumping, shouting, running, clapping, hallelujah, can't wait to hear this again message, but, you know, these principles are so strong and they're so rich that they, they can really help you in your marriage and relationship. So I had a couple one time, you know, they came for marriage counseling and, uh, you know, every case is different. Every, every case is different. You know, you've you got to find out what's going on. But before I got into, ever got into the office with them, the Lord spoke to me and He said, the problem is, is they, their relationship with me is not very, not, let, let me say this, I'm not saying it wasn't strong, but it needed to be strengthened. And He said, if you'll tell them, if they'll seek me, it'll all work out. And so... <laughs> I remember this was a really sweet couple that loved God, and, but they were having some issues, and so they came into my office, and I said, well, I'm going to tell you what the Lord told me. He said, both of you need to seek God with all your heart, and, and all, your, all your relationship will all work out. I remember the wife looking at me. She goes, is that it? I said, that's it. She goes, wow, I thought this was going to be hard. No, it's easy. Go home. We got it. Because God knows, doesn't He? Amen. So how many know there's not, there's not a general answer, but God's got an answer? Amen. I used to listen to this guy on the radio. He's a great guy, great believer, and he's good, he's good, he's good what he teaches he's on finances. And I told Phyllis, every time a guy calls him about how to straighten their finances, his answer is always the same thing. Bubba, sell the truck. I said, I'm never calling him. Because I'm not going to sell my truck. So there's no need he and I to talk. Amen. Now, I want you, I think I want to look at this scripture. Go to 1 Peter, if you would. Go to 1 Peter chapter 3. Come on, are you, just, are you getting something? All right, 1 Peter chapter 3. Go there. Let me look at this. 1 Peter chapter 3. I want you to see it too, if you would, if you've got your Bible with you. Because the, the, next, the next one is honor. Honor. Now, go here to... Uh, 1 Peter chapter 3, <clears throat> this is a little different today, but it's good medicine for us, amen. amen. 1 Peter chapter, and I'm going to read seven verses, is that all right? 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 1, the Bible says, Likewise, uh, you wives be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, you know, they're not a believer, they also may be, without, without the word, without you just preaching to them all the time, be won by the conduct of their wives. Now, how many know you can only, how many know if you, if you tell your husband, you heathen, you're going to hell, he got it the first time? All right, moving right along. Praise God. How many know you don't have to say that every day, right? See, I've seen, I've been around. Now, listen, I've, been, I've got experience with this. I've been around this where Christian wives keep nagging their unbelieving husbands and, uh, you know, uh, after a while, they got it. They know. It's time to just live a good life for them. Uh, you know, amen? A holy, dedicated life and let them be one without the Word. Without a Word, without a word is, really, is really what's being said. Without, without you just preaching all the time to them. Amen? I mean, you've got to give them the way of salvation if they don't know it, right? 
But once you've given it to them, then, you know, Peter's just talking about don't nag. Amen. And that could go for a man, too. Have you know that? Men could do that. Sure. It's both ways. And we're going to see that here. I know some of you guys are shocked. But anyway, verse 2, while, while they behold your chaste or your pure conversation or, or manner of life coupled with fear, whose adorning let it not be the outward adorning of the plating of the hair or the wearing of gold or of the putting on of apparel. Now, he's not telling you, as some have preached, that you can't, you can't do anything with your hair. You can't wear any gold. Because if he is, then he's saying you can't wear any clothes. Because he said putting on of apparel. His point is, is don't let that be your emphasis. But what did he tell you to do? Verse 4, But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. So what is he saying? He's saying, well, don't, try to, don't, don't spend all your time on the outer man. Spend your time on the inner man. See? For after this manner, in old time, holy women also, who trusted in God, adorned themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. Now, a lot of people get nervous when you talk about, you know, the subjection thing. Well, the Bible tells us we're to be sub subject to one another, not just marriage, but in the body of Christ. Amen. What does that mean? We have a spirit of submissiveness. doesn't mean we always obey everything. Obedience and submission is two different things. Submission is an attitude. It's, it's, I don't have rebellion in me. And we live in a culture, whether you know this or not, is full of rebellion, rebellion of authority. The reason why is because the society is being prepared for the Antichrist to come, who is called the, the spirit of lawlessness, the lawless one, rebellion. So everybody's rebelling against everything, which started in the 60s, you know, 60s and you know, 70s, it kind of cooled off a little bit, but the 60s was a big time of rebellion, rebellion, rebelling against everything, you know, rebelling, you know. And God's not into that. He's not got a, he's, he doesn't have a spirit to give you called rebellion. Amen. Now, so when we say, when, we, when the Bible says this, of course, it's talking about, you know, uh, well, let's just read on because you're going to see something here. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Now, it's been a long time since Phil has called me Lord. I mean, y'all better pray for her, right? And from the look I'm getting, I don't think it's going to happen today either, but, uh, you know. But how many know, it, he's just talking about, you know, that, that the meek spirit she had. Now, don't think she didn't tell him some things to you. You read the Bible, man. God, in fact, one time God told Abraham, Abraham, listen to your wife. Amen. And so even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him the Lord, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. Now notice verse 7. Likewise. What does likewise mean? Same thing. same thing. Men do the same thing, right? Same thing I just told the women applies to the men. Likewise, you husbands dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. It's talking about physically. And that's not always true. And as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. So he tells us husbands, we're to honor our wives. And we're heir. If we do this, we have a special grace to live life. Heirs together of the grace of life. A special grace 
to live life. I, I want all the grace I can get. How about you? So what I wanted to say by that one is this. See, he told Peter, he said, likewise, the men are to honor their wives. Honor their wives. Now, what does honor mean? Honor means you treat it valuable. Right? Precious. Um, what's some other things we could say? Valuable, precious. You esteem them. Treat them as important. Amen. See, your, your, your wife, and this goes like, this goes both ways. I mean, you know, this goes both ways. That's why Peter said, likewise. You should see some of the faces I'm getting and some I'm not getting. But anyway, I will, I'm just going on with this. Is this all right? Let me see what else I have here. I've got a bunch of notes here. But have you understand? <laughs> I love it when you preach on marriage, man. This, this is awesome. It always makes you leave the service feeling like you really loved, you know. <laughs> but really great about that service. <laughs> but we have to understand there, there's this thing called honor. Now, see, here's one of the things. See, I ought to treat my wife as nice as I do anybody. Actually, I ought to treat her nicer than I do anybody. Right? You ought to treat your husband nicer than you do anybody. Right? You know, as much as, you know, Peter said this, as much, he says, as much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. You can't always, I've seen marriages, you know, where, you know, you could, they couldn't, you, so, everybody, both got to be on board, right? So if they're not both on board, you know, then it's not going to happen. But you got to just do your part. That's all. You be honorable, right? And so as much as lies within you, you know, Peter said, live peaceably with all men, you know. And so we, we just have to be honorable. See, here's one of the things, what about honorable? Well, that means, that means you know, I, I, don't, I don't run my wife down. You don't run your husband down. I take their advice, right? Now, now you guys don't know. You, you think I'm perfect at this. I know you do. But you don't know what a long string of hardheads I came from. All the way back to the Mayflower, into England. All the way back into, you know, Methuselah. My family has been hard-headed. Yours too? Right, well, then you know what I'm talking about, right? Hard-headed. Am I, am I telling... You don't say that because some of our family might be watching. Uh, I was going to have her testify a little bit, you know. <laughs> Amen, that's right. <laughs> yeah, amen. But I've had to let God's grace work on me, right? And, and realize I can't be that way. And now I'm 25% better. More than that? Probably. <laughs> Pastor Jerry's getting me 26% better than I was when we got married. But, you know... No, you know what? Here, here's what happened with me. I got proved wrong so many times, I finally just realized, I, just shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm there now. Hallelujah. Like Brother Hagin used to say, you know, if, if nothing else, his wife taught him things, you know. You, you, you stumble over things, his wife taught him things. Finally, you just, you just listen, amen? All right, now. So we're having a little fun this morning, but but this but really honestly, this honor thing where we honor one another. Listen, I, I honor my I ought to honor my wife is more than I do anybody else. I'll treat her more valuable than anybody else. 
Now that doesn't mean, listen now, there, here's one thing I see sometimes, is, is you have to learn to accept differences. Because there's differences. And, and you can't just, you can't expect your spouse to love everything you love. You know, I'm a sports guy. I mean, not all sports, but, you know, I like uh, football, uh, basketball, baseball, boxing. Uh, what else? NASCAR. Oh, I forgot that. NASCAR. Um, trying to think what horse racing uh, but other than that I don't really care for sports so you know so usually if one of those is on I've got it, I'm recording and I'm going to watch it you know I, you know what she's never going to watch it with me because unless a grandkid's in it she's not watching now I do have hope that one day she may be watching the NFL with me because we have one grandson that's playing for a Division A college team. All right? He's a red-shirted freshman. He didn't get to play this year, but he will next year. And so there is some hope there. I don't know how, how much. I don't know. But maybe one day, you know, I'll, you know, I can get her to go to one of his games. She used to go when he played, you know, around here. And, uh, but anyway, so, so I, and listen, I'm fine with that because... You know what she likes to do? She likes to go to, uh, is it antique stores? Yeah. Stuff like that, resale shops and things like that. I mean, five minutes and I, I'm, I'm headed for the door. <laughs> Remember that old song, give me three steps, give me three steps, mister, and, and you'll never see me no more? That's kind of the way I am when I go in. Just give me three steps, I'm out the door, man, I'm, I'm done. You know, to me, it's junk. But to her, it's treasures. So she doesn't ask me to go. Now, occasionally I will. If we're doing something, she wants to stop at one, I'll stop. Sure, you know. We'll go in there. Absolutely. But, she, but if she wants to go spend a day doing research, she doesn't ask me. Because she wants to have fun. Girls just like to have fun. She just wants to have fun. So we learn there's, you know, I mean, there's differences, right? We, we, we're not all the same, right? We have to learn to respect that. And not try to force them to be like you. Amen. You just work on you. Amen. Is this good enough now? So there's this thing about honor. See, if, if we both go out of our way to honor one another, we're not going to have many issues in our lives, in our marriage, you know. Amen. See, I treat her as valuable. Sometimes I tell her I'm your slave. You know, as soon as I come down from my, my, I've got my man cave upstairs, you know. I've got, we've got like a room over the garage. That's my man cave. That's where my TV's at. That's where I pray at. That's where I read the word at, fellowship with God. Got my, you know what I'm saying? It's my man cave, you know. But when I come down, she's in her domain down there on the couch, you know. And uh, will you get me this or will you get me that? And I said, I'm your slave. Just tell me. How many, and I just go get it, right? Amen. See, here's what I've learned. If, if it pleases her, it should please me. You know what I'm saying? I ought to do it for her, right? No, you're not going to get this CD. Scott, throw all this away when we're done. Throw it all away. But, it, but, but it's the truth, see? And, and she's the same way for me, you know? I mean, I, I will... Uh, see, it isn't like we're in competition. We're trying to help one another, love one another. 
Man, there's times, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm getting ready for service, you know, and I come out of the bathroom and all my clothes are laid out on the bed for me. You know what I'm saying? He's got them all out there, ready to go, all pressed, all steamed. That's why I look so handsome and good. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just, I'm just saying, see, a lot of times, marriage, you go get it, you do it yourself. You got legs, you got See, there's no honor in that. <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm preaching your life. I, I'm sorry about that. But I, I, I'm just preaching this morning. That's all I know to do. All I know is just do my assignment and... I'm out of here as soon as the service is over. I'm not, I'm not even shake your hand. I'm gone. I don't want to hear any reviews. So, I mean, I've seen that. Just bicker, fight. Why don't you just shut up and just love one another and realize God put you together. You saw something to get married, right? I mean, it wasn't like, you want to get married? I don't know. I guess. You better work out. I mean, there should have been a little bit more romance than that, right? See what see what happens is a lot of times is 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 we get so familiar with one another, you know, we let that slip in, and it just familiar would destroy your marriage, and you don't realize what you had until it's gone, and then you wish you'd have treated them a little better, been a little nicer, you know, when you, when she's laying there all because she'll get on the couch and she'll cover up with blank or whatever it is that she covers up with some kind of felt looking thing. Uh, what is that thing, hon? It's a throw. You know, and sometimes she wants me to throw it on her, too. To throw that on her. And like, she doesn't want to get uncovered, so if she wants this or she wants that, will you go get that for me? Will you go get that for me? I don't, I don't bicker and say, get up yourself. You know. No, that's not honorable. I wouldn't treat Jesus that way. What if Jesus was sitting on my couch and said, hey, would you mind go get me an iced tea? Get it yourself, Jesus. I mean, you're not going there, right? How I many know I'm supposed to love her as Christ loved the church? That's what Paul said. And when you do that, then there's that reciprocity. Reciprocity, thank you. All you English teachers. Uh, you know, it goes back and forth. There's that honor. There's that love. There's that, I'm not out, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not out to, to get my way. Amen. You know, we go to buy something, we go to buy a house or something, you know. It's not like it's got to be my way. Amen. Amen. We go to buy a vehicle, it's not, it's not got to be my way. I get her what she wants. And it all works out good when you do that. You know, you know Simona said amen the loudest of anybody, but <laughs> she's, she's back there shouting, you know, like this. But how I many know? It, it goes both ways, right? It goes both ways. Amen. Amen. All right, finally. <laughs> You've survived. Finally, the third one. You've got to watch your words. I mean, the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. So I should talk nice to my spouse. Right? You say, you never had an argument? Are you kidding me? We're people. Of course, everybody has. Amen. I mean, just watch Ralph and Alice Cramden, the honeymooners. I mean, some of you are not old enough to remember that show, right? Remember, remember the honeymooners? Ralph was always going to knock her to the moon, you know? One day, Phyllis brought me in a cartoon she'd clipped out of the paper, you know? And I think it was in the paper someplace, but she, she brought it to me, and it showed 
you know, our, our astronauts had landed on the moon, you know, planted the American flag. And there was this lady laying flat out on her back on the moon. And one of the astronauts said, I think it's Alice Cramden. <laughs> I mean, no, they were not the examples of a perfect marriage. Ralph got most of the flack, but Alice had a pretty sharp tongue at times. All right. But I mean, no, we can speak life or death into our marriage. I, I was counseling a couple one time, you know, marriage counseling and all that. And, and of course, you know, there's going to be some disagreement and all that and everything, you know, because you're trying to work things out and so forth. So, you know, you hear her side, his side, you know, and you know what I'm saying, and all that. And, and, and so we, we're trying to work through things and see if we can adjust things or you know, make things better for them, you know. But this couple, I mean, they were just like, man, they were just over the cliff. I mean, they were just calling every, each other name. I mean, I'm just sitting there watching this. Like, I thought I was the counselor. The counselee shuts up and lets the counselee talk, or the counselor talk, right? You say, Pastor, I'm coming to you for counsel, and then you talk for 35 minutes, and I say, well, I'm glad you're better. See you later. I mean, I've had that to happen, really. I've had people come for counseling, and, and they talk for 45 minutes, and, and they say, whew, I feel so much better. Thank you. I said, hello, goodbye. Glad I was able to help. Praise the Lord. But this couple was over the edge. I finally just said, whoa, wait a minute. Stop, 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 stop it. I command you in the name of Jesus, stop. I command you in the name of General Eisenhower, Stop. Stop. I said, you cannot talk to one another like that and stay married. You can't do it. You're killing your marriage. You got to speak life. Amen? amen. I said, amen. amen. You got to speak life. The Bible says, Proverbs 15, 1, a soft answer turns away wrath. I mean, sometimes your, your spouse can fire you up more than anybody. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Marriage preaching is always fun, you know. The truth shall set you free. Hallelujah. It'll make you free. Well, you know, you can. Your spouse can fire you. But, but, you know, there's times, you know, you've got to just remember a soft answer turns away wrath. Guys, you've got to just learn to say, guys, yes, I know I'm stupid, honey. I haven't had a, a, a good thought in years. An intelligent thought, that is, but. You're right, you know. Now, how many know there's got to there's got to be this this both ways working both ways. Amen. Amen. Come on, did you get anything? <laughs> God, Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. I know we had some fun, but it is a serious, serious thing. It really is. You know, I've 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 had so many uh, seen so many situations over the years, and and you you just know if you get these principles, if if you just if you if you seek God with all your heart. If you'll honor one another, and if you'll speak right words to one another, you don't say everything you think. Amen. If you'll do that, then your marriage will be good. You have to talk things out sometimes. Sometimes there's issues that need to be talked out. Sometimes one partner's doing things that they need to change, and it has to be talked. But it doesn't have to be talked out in a spirit of anger. It doesn't have to be talked out that way. It can be talked out in the love of God because the love of God shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Now, that doesn't mean they want to be, they want to, they want to change or, you know, that, that may happen. I've been there where they don't want to change. And it's like, there's nothing you can do. 
if somebody doesn't want to stay married and don't want to change. You can't do anything about that. They, God's got to change their heart. So that means you've got to let Him work on them. Amen. And so there's a lot of... How many know this is, just, this is just like just the top surface? There's a lot of variables. There's a lot of things that go into it. But those three principles will help you have a strong marriage. Amen. Well, what about us single people? Well, you know what? I don't know. God may let me preach to you here in a little bit. Not today because I don't think you'd handle it today, but because I have a lot to say about that. But, you know, he said, well, Pastor, what do you know about being single? You're married. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Just don't tell everybody, but I was born single. <laughs> and so, you know, I know a little bit about it, a little bit about finding, about the Lord bringing you a mate and letting him do it and not do it yourself and messing things up. So let's stand up. Praise God. Come on up, Jill. God is good. All the time, all the time, God is good. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.